0: Welcome to the Evidence-Based Pilates podcast with your host, Adam McAtee. This podcast provides you the tools and confidence to become a fearless and evidence-based Pilates instructor, which is exactly why we're going to dive right in. All right, welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Evidence-Based Pilates podcast. And I have an incredible guest for you today. I'm here with the incredible Matt Marnie, who just told me, for the last 15 minutes, how I keep torching his name. So I'm gonna go ahead and let him introduce himself with the proper pronunciation. And for those of you who are not aware of Matt and his work, he gets to introduce himself and share his story.
1: Thank you, Adam. It is a pleasure to be here. My name is Matt Marnie. Adam did get my name right. Not that hard actually. Um, Yes, so um, who am I? I suppose introduce myself. Uh, I've been in the fitness wellness space Got since 2002. um, I am a, I suppose, I've done a few things, but I suppose I am a, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a Pilates instructor and I'm a meditation teacher. Uh, I've been involved in the teacher training space in the fitness world and the Pilates world for the last 12 years. I love learning. I love educating. So I've kind of, what's my full-time job now? I still do bits and pieces. I'm still a bit of a personal trainer and teach meditation, but uh, I've kind of taken my passion for learning and education, and I've created a company here in Dubai. That's where I'm based now, from the UK in Dubai. And I go into organizations, and I try to improve their physical and mental well-being so they are more productive, they are happier, they are healthier. Adam, That is me.
0: Sign me up for productivity, happiness, and, uh, and health. I want to do that. So, so like, how do you help them become happier and like healthier?
1: Yeah, good question. I mean, when I go into organizations, we kind of I suppose I do a bit of a wellness audit when I go in, we go and speak to HR, we talk to employees, I send staff in. Um, the answer is it depends. It depends on what the individual needs. So some people, they don't move Adam. We know this, don't we? They sit at their desk all day. You know, brain. by the way, actually, interestingly enough, if you're listening to this and you are you go to the gym or you do your Pilates class. Interesting stat, if you sit for longer than six hours a day, you are classified as sedentary. And with it, all the health consequences of being sedentary. So a lot of people need movement um, to metabolize that adrenaline and cortisol, those stress levels. And then some need the, what I call the top-down approach, which is they can't switch off. They're constantly thinking, they're constantly busy. And that's where myself and my team go in and we'll do stuff like, you know, that's where meditation comes into into its own.
0: Yeah. So then, like, so we mentioned like the health and wellness bit, and like, of course, it's like a great confirmation bias. We're like moving educators, and we're like, you need to keep moving, right? Yes, confirm my bias, right? So let's keep moving. <laughs> and then, and then, you, then you speak of like the meditation bit, and I don't, I don't necessarily put like movement and meditation. I know movement can feel meditative, but what, what I don't think of meditation and movement. So how does that like fit in when you talk about sedentation being a problem?
1: Yeah, I suppose to rewind a bit, we we're all aware of this. The the whole term mind body connection. So probably ten years ago, it was probably a bit woo woo. You're in California, aren't you, Adam? You're in California, so yep. yeah, not not woo woo in California. California's been ahead of the uh, game
0: on this. At yeah. every bus stop, there's woo woo. Exactly. exactly,
1: but it, the science is caught up. So when we talk about um, uh, mind body connection, I think both are linked. Um, I probably think yeah. it's best to kind of give you my earned and learned experience. So, like, I, I am a movement advocate, right? So, I, I started the fitness industry. I start teaching Pilates. I, I I I teach aerobics, Adam. I've done boxer size. I've done all of it. Loved a bit Absolutely. of movement. And then, I'd probably I'd say 2005. I was managing a gym uh, and a studio. So I had a team of personal trainers underneath me. I had a, a studio that I managed. as part of this facility. And the only way I can describe it is, well, put simply, I had challenges with my mental health. I was a man in my mid-twenties. I was, I was a PT, I was, you know, Mr. I drink loads of coffee and charge around gyms. And then I started to struggle with my mental health. Um, it was dark, it was scary, I didn't really know what was going on. And then I had, and actually the interesting thing is, teaching an aerobics class or a boxer size class. When you're having a panic attack it's all right no one knows adam i just run around the class having a panic attack but it was okay no one knew now try teaching a pilates class when you're having a panic attack not easy that's what I was, that's what i was trying to do so.
0: every time i see the jump board come out it's right there
1: exactly exactly so anyway, I was struggling with my mental health, and then a good friend of mine was a, a yoga teacher, and she kept on to me. She said, Matt, you wanna you wanna meditate? I was like, Oh, I was desperate. I was like, Okay, I'll do anything. I don't want to keep doing this. Uh, I'm feeling this way. So I sat down and I committed to the course. I sat on my chair, Adam, and as she instructed, I focused on the breath in the nostrils, and when my mind wandered, I brought it back. And I did that for about three weeks, and I felt better. I was like, oh. Oh, oh. Rational brain, prefrontal cortex, back online, amygdala, calm down a little bit. Um, So guess what I did? What do you think I did then?
0: Started breathing through your nose. No. What'd you do?
1: I stopped meditating, Adam. Yes, you do. Like all my clients. It worked. It finished. I feel good now. I stopped meditating. And then... Sadly, the same symptoms came back, so I, st- I started to feel the same in a few weeks. I committed to the cause, and then my career as a meditation teacher started. And, yeah, so um, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm drinking loads of coffee, by the way. But, um, yeah, so my, my passion for the top-down approach and the bottom-up approach is a culmination of my experience. And I think when it comes to dealing with stress, both are relevant both are relevant. So without talking too much, everyone understands the physical benefits. When you move, you metabolise adrenaline and cortisol, fight or flight state, that's good, particularly in the modern world because we're sat down, we're not moving. But to put simply, thoughts, your thinking, so your brain, let's put it this way, your brain doesn't know the difference between a perceived and an actual stress. So seeing the lion in the bush, or thinking that the boss is going to sack me elicits the same physiological response in the body. So we can do all the exercise in the world and we can train really hard and metabolize that adrenaline and cortisol. But guess what? If we go home and we put Netflix on and we're chilling out, but we spend the next two hours negatively projecting about things that can go wrong, we go to bed in that same inflammatory state. We don't sleep. Vicious cycle. So yeah, some people need bottom up. Some people need top down, some people need both. And I'm one of those people.
0: Yeah, sign me up for a little bit of everything. uh, There's a lot, there's a lot. Well, first of all, I gotta know what boxer size is, but we'll talk about that for like off the air. Sure. uh, We gotta know that. But uh, but a few things like that that you mentioned um, is like how like you're, you're, the mind doesn't know or the the human doesn't know the difference between a real and perceived threat. And, And in regards to like when we're teaching Pilates, that has a lot to do with like how we talk to our clients, you know, in terms of like the nocebic language, like, like yep. we, you can actually generate pain just based off of thoughts, right? People, we've yeah. done studies with like with CRPS, um, uh, where you you can actually uh, have them look at something that's painful and generate swelling um, in the hand. And, and it's just so important. It's like, it's not woo-woo that your mind and your body is connected, like your spinal cord is just yeah. the the tail of your brain and, and, and your peripheral nervous system is just an extension of that. It's so like your finger, what you're feeling in your finger is actually connected to your brain. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's, there's, there's so much to this and it's like, um, it, it really brings to about like we, we're, we're teaching people, we're teaching humans, right? We're not just teaching bodies and, and, and we also can't give from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think of like that person who's like, "Oh, like this sounds so good," and then they hear like, "Shit, I have to sit and stop thinking and bre- I, I, like, like they have this like mountain of resistance and nothing happens, right?" So like, wh- what do you do in your work, or what kind of advice would you give to that person who's like, "I cannot sit on a pillow for thirty minutes and breathe through my nostrils," but. I am interested, like meaning, is there an alternative or or how do you approach that?
1: Yes, great question. And that's one of the biggest barriers to meditation. There's these misconceptions around what it is, how you should sit. Example, I have to sit cross-legged on the floor. I can't do that, Adam. My hips won't allow it. I sit on a chair. There are many different styles of meditation. Um, Some people struggle to close their eyes because it, it elicits panic. You know, if someone's out, if someone is suffering, so they can do open eyed meditation. Um, there's walking meditations there. You can be mindful when you eat. You can be mindful when you brush your teeth in the morning. So if I simplify it down, so people think meditation is some, um, I mean, and there are layers to the game. There's, you know, they're, they're like anything. Yeah. I'm going off on an eight day silent retreat in the summer. People look at me and go, what, you're not going to speak? You're not going to talk to anyone. You're not going to look at phone or read a book for eight days. You're going to meditate. I'm like, yes. How could you possibly do that? I'm like, I'll build it up. But if people think of meditation in this context, so the we have a focus and attention crisis. So I spoke to you at the top of this uh, interview and you said, I would like some more productivity. A, a big driver of lack of productivity is distraction, right? Multiple tabs open. Can't stay on task. Monkey mind. We're all over the place. Phones. I mean, that's a whole episode in itself. So what I say to people when they start to meditate is I say, look, look at this basic concentration based practice that I'm going to give you as a as a way of improving your focus and attention. And they go, oh, OK, OK, so it's not about becoming a spiritual giant and feeling karma and peace. No, 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 no. We're just going to improve your your ability to focus and attention. I'm like, I'll focus on tasks. And then I ask them the question. And I'll ask you, Adam, actually, because you said it. So if I could guarantee you that in three or four weeks, you committed to this really simple practice, I could boost your productivity by 20% or your no, you're focus and attention by 20%, how would that show up in your life?
0: Um, I, I Sign me up. And my employer would also like squat me to sign up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so so you're you're saying work would it show up in any other
0: areas of your life it'd show up in my mental health in the quality uh, the mm-hmm. quality of my life you know what it's like to i don't know do, just do the daily task of like letting my dogs out to go in the front yard you know to have a conversation to uh pause and yeah enjoy it and really exactly. enjoy it. life is about the journey so i would say that that would improve the quality of the journey. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So the, the the feedback I get when I teach groups, when I f- throw that question out there is we get more done at work. That's important. I think we live in a world now where you see snippets on social media and go, we we, we work to live. We don't live to work. It's like, well, actually, career well-being and purpose are directly linked to a physical and mental well-being. Our jobs are important. And yeah. so productivity at work, the biggest gift you can give to anyone in your family or you can give to the ones closest to you is your attention, your focus and attention. That is the biggest gift you can give. So when I tell people that that's the focus of meditation, we're just improving your focus and attention, they recognize how that's going to benefit their life. Their life is going to be less stressful as a result of that. They'll they'll get more work done uh, in the office. They take less work home. (laughs) They're able to be present with their friends and family. And the most of the, High performers that I work with here in Dubai, lawyers, people that work for investment banks, the job doesn't stress them. Home life stresses them because they're not present. They're not getting stuff done. And to really just make it simple, people say to me, I can't clear my mind when I meditate or my mind is busy when I meditate. The mind is not designed to be clear. That's the biggest misconception. You cannot clear your mind. It's a tool, it's gonna, it's, it needs to focus on something. And everybody's mind wanders when they meditate. The key is to catch it. You recognize your mind has wandered. You go, oh, there you go. You bring him back to the focus of your attention, breath in the nostril, belly button, whatever. And it's frustrating at first, but guess what? Think of each time you catch your mind as a repetition in the gym. Each repetition, you get stronger. You catch it quicker. You bring it back. You're able to stay focused for longer. Where does that show up in your life? Meta awareness, recognising thoughts as thoughts. So when that person gets home from work, they've had a busy life. They sit down to watch Netflix, as I described earlier. They're off. But only this time, Adam, they've been practising the skill of catching the wandering mind. So before they go off for two hours and they pretend they've just watched the latest episode of whatever it is on Netflix, they catch it, they bring it back. If they catch it and they don't get lost in this thinking, we don't get that cascade of stress hormones that we're full of because of this unmanageable thinking. I don't know if I've just simplified meditation
0: there. There you go, well said. You're encouraging me to increase the meditation practice. Um, so, so you mentioned that you work with like um, all kinds of like different people, like 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 lawyers, uh, for for example. And then, like when it comes to like the like the Pilates instructor, um, you know, we, they're like every kind of career kind of has their like pros and then their cons, or like like slippery slopes that like we we get into. Um, you know, what are like it, like things that you see for like the mental health? Um, For like a Pilates instructor like like why is this like important for that
1: yeah no uh, that's why I was so keen to come and talk to you Adam on this podcast because I'm a Pilates teacher I'm involved in Pilates teacher training so I see my ex-students around and I'm recognizing it more here is Pilates there's a lot of unhappy Pilates teachers in the world um burnout um Losing their mojo. A good friend of mine who's based here in Dubai. She's super talented, super knowledgeable. She's just quit teaching pilates. She's lost their mojo. And she told me the other week. I was like, "My God, you're not, you know," because I've gone and done some cover at studio here. She's no longer there, and and there are multiple reasons. And I think in terms of physical and mental well being, I go into an organisation and try and boost someone's performance and productivity. I feel it's so important for pilates teachers, like. It's so needed because place teachers are giving all the time energy, energy, energy. And if you are struggling like I was with that <laughs> panic attacks trying to teach a class and you're not in a good mental health like headspace, that's going to impact your work massively. So I think this stuff is really important. What contributes to it? I mean, we can we can bat this backwards and forwards, you know. I, I would I say, yeah. I would say. Work life balance, Adam. I don't know about you, but a lot of polite teachers are struggling that. Would you agree?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I've totally struggled with that. And, and like a lot, like one thing, I mean, perspective is everything, right? And, and, and just like a simple change of word can make, make the biggest difference. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You know, <laughs> instead of like, you know, like the path of least resistance, like right? just choose the path of most inspiration. Like, do you want to fight resistance or do you want to be inspired? Um, like we're constantly giving, right? Well, what if you saw your clients as your teachers? So you're actually constantly learning, and so learn from people you're inspired by and follow your mo- path of most inspiration. I'm a serial optimist, so it's like, so but it's just like little changes of words can make such an impact because like Pilates is like is fun, okay? Pilates is fun, but I've burnt I've burnt out quick in Pilates, right? Like. Uh, Go sign up. Like if you haven't, right? Go teach the 6 a.m. class and then the six p.m. class, like four days a week. I'll see you in four yeah. weeks. Talk about it. You know, things like that. So there's 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 like these unique things of like we we are giving because we're we're providing a um a service. And and then like for that person that's in that cycle where it's like, oh my God, like yes, like I'm constantly giving and I feel this way and like I need like I just want like like I need some guidance. What what kind of like practical like tools or like tips could you provide for that instructor that's that's in the arena and needs needs some they like need spark?
1: Yeah, yeah. There was a lot in what you just said actually. So the first thing you spoke about, you said, it was reframing, which reframing a situation is is so powerful. And you used the word, you're a serial optimist. I mean, people forget any any job doesn't matter what you do anything materialistic a career a car a partner anything there's a term called hedonic adaptation so we Uh, adapt to we get used to anything so at first it's exciting so wow i did my teacher training i'm going to be of service i'm going to change the world they love it and it doesn't matter what you do adam you you hedonically adapt so to overcome that what i use with with clients and this is in terms of in, in work or in life, is is stuff like you just said it, optimism, appreciation, gratitude. So you hit you see you see people on Instagram that you you know talking about their morning routines. I I kid you not, from personal experience, developing an attitude of gratitude is one of the most powerful tools to change your lens on the world, to reframe your life. Because if you are practicing gratitude daily, you cannot be in self pity, you cannot be jealous, it's really difficult to attach those negative emotions, if you're practicing gratitude.
0: Yeah, and like one of the things that's like, um, you know, how do I say it, like, it's something that can be because that can be really hard, right? If if you're going through something, or you have to, or this feels like a U-turn, right? And like something that that's been that I've found to be helpful is to get super broad, right? Like, I love that the sun came up, and like I had nothing to do with that, right? Like, I like it's so easy to win, right? And just figuring ways out to do that instead of like I'm so grateful for my 7 a.m. client, like you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like like these specific things that like that um, that have a lot of resistance around it. So my point is like finding a place of like that does, that's easier to to flow with that um like that's one thing that i've i've come across but it's like what's really easy to be grateful for like mm. my dogs right there like they they like me because i feed them <laughs> Like that's easy you know where there's other things that are more more challenging like so for someone who's like gosh like attitude of gratitude is so cliche like give me a break but it's like but it's like but there's a lot in that and um there's a lot of research around being grateful as well in terms of longevity and mortality and quality of life what's like something that like if someone wants to make that habit of like Mm -hmm. it's hard and i want to do it i want to become more grateful like what how could how does someone get started with that
1: yeah Yeah. great question so when i describe this to friends so um as i said i said i have my challenges with my mental health back in the uk i was so fortunate i've got a group of men in my life spiritually well men we hug each other we talk about emotions and feelings i'm privileged to be part of that group and we had for years we had a whatsapp group and we would share so let me give people an example you said where do i start get a piece of paper i'm old school and and I'll, I'll draw a line down a4 pad at the beginning of each day or the end of each day you write down your general list right i actually know i normally start people with specifics so i'd say okay find five things Today that you're grateful for, and at first, Adam, of course, you're in that state. Your amygdala's heightened. You're full of adrenaline and cortisol. It's a, it's a struggle. I'm miserable. My boss hates me. But you do it, right? You do it. So you write down five things. Then you write down a general list of stuff. Now, take it out of your head. There's all this saying stuff. You take it out of your head. You write it down. You then get a voice note. You verbalize it. So all the, all the evidence suggests that this is a way of solidifying it. You verbalize it. I leave the voice note for my friend. Then, if you want to double down, like gratitude on steroids, get someone to share their gratitude with you. Now, people ask, how does that work? How does it happen? It takes time—not a huge amount of time—but it's the same as Pilates. You're not walking into your first Pilates class and you know doing a teaser off a long box, right? Probably not, unless you're, you're, quite, if, you're if you're unconditioned, you're not going to do it. You'll build up.
0: I couldn't even touch <laughs> it,
1: but. What, the way I describe it to people is, they ask me how does it work, and I say, well, science suggests we've got an area in our brain called the reticular activating system, it sits in the brainstem, and the way I describe it to people is, it's like your algorithm on life. And everyone identifies that now. Oh, the algorithm's bad. AI it serves you up whatever you're interested in. So, I use this example as well. If you were discussing buying a new car, you and your partner, so i have going to get a new car. Oh, what would you like? Oh, I really like a red Mini. Oh, good British car, by the way, a red Mini. So if you decide you're going to get a red Mini, guess what? You see everywhere you go, you see a red Mini. Why? Because this algorithm is serving up what you're thinking about. There's so much information coming in. If we didn't have this algorithm, the system would crash. So we only take on board what we're particularly interested in. When you practice an attitude of gratitude, your lens on the world changes. you start to, because you're practicing this skill, you're then in the supermarket and you have an exchange with someone at the supermarket. You smile, you ask them how they are. You recognize that, rather than being lost in thought, thinking about what you're gonna to say to your boss when you get to work, you're present. It changes your state. And when your lens on the world changes, this is my experience, my lens on the world is different, My lens on the past is different. So when you live in gratitude, you don't look at past mistakes or things that happened as a victim. You look back and you go, oh, wow, thank God that happened because I learned. And when you live in that world, you don't project as much much about the future. Your lens on the past changes, your lens on the present moment changes and you're less fearful of the future because you recognize and I don't want to get all spiritual and spirit of the universe and, you know, and death, but you realize that things happen for a reason. And when you live in that world, life's easier. You're a happier person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like when you, when you just, like at the end of the day, like life is a school. So that you learn the lesson. You know, learn the best. Learn it. Try to learn it the first time. Because uh, it's going to happen again. But, um, but one of the things that you mentioned, right, was like, like a sense of like social support. Right? And, and in your case, like like you know, a group of men. Um, for like uh like the instructor out there, it could be like the teachers that you're involved with, like that are like your Pilates go-to people. It could be yes. the studio that you're in, you know, or mm-hmm. it could be like the people that you follow on on Instagram or like your social media thing. It's like like what you're exposed to. Like there's there's a there's a saying uh, that when I was taking neuroscience, it was like neuro, neurons that fire together wire together. So that's like why, and, and the idea with that is like when you walk by, um, you know, the bakery and you smell cookies, you're like grandma and like, gra- like, you know, grandma's not baking the cookies, but it smells just like the cookies. It's because neurons that fire together, wire together. So so when you're, you know, the, the environment that you are in is going to play a role. So, Like a really good way to get burned out as an, as an instructor is to work at a shitty studio um like work at a studio that when you walk in the door you don't want to be there like that's a that's a if you wanted a recipe on like how to not be inspired and how not to have gratitude like that's how you do it Mm -hmm. and the reason why i bring that up is like oh so i do want to have gratitude so i should do the opposite right i'm going to do the opposite of not gratitude you get gratitude (laughs) i I just think in like polarity to be like i'm just going to figure out the bad stuff and i'm going to do the opposite um yeah so 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 with that, like, um, how important is that, like, like, in terms of because you mentioned social support in your in your sense of the word, but then like, when we're talking about like fellow instructors, um, you know, like the instructors they hang out with the, the um, studio that they're at their social media platform, like, what are things yeah. that they can do in terms oh, of that? It,
1: it's massive, Adam. So I'm just, I'm giving you my experience. You've had this experience when I was in the UK many years ago, I was teaching too much. It can be lonely. As a freelance teacher, you don't really connect with anyone. You're kind of flying around, you're drinking coffee, waving to people, teach a class. I, I can remember times I'd turn up for, uh, like I've been at it all day. I had a couple of personal training clients. I'm freelance. I'm moving around. I turn up for my 8 o'clock class. I've got a large Americano with hot milk from Costco. At yeah. 8 o'clock in the evening. Why? Because it's a habit. And I really can't be asked. That feeling, that's where burnout comes. I walk into a mat work class where I should be grateful. I'm doing a job that I absolutely love. I'm not sitting at a desk like I was many years ago. And I walk in and I think, ugh, that's a sign. And the lack of social connection is, I mean, COVID taught us. When we we became isolated, it impacted us. We're social creatures. So what you said, absolutely. Find a network of friends or teachers who are not necessarily with the studio. Hang out for coffee, because what happens is people overwork, they stop learning because they haven't got time. They're just stuck in same classes, same exercises, same people, same journeys. They lose their mojo. Imposter syndrome arrives. And it's a double-edged sword. Then they're questioning everything. They read, see, hear. When the Pilates police get on their back, which we know are around, they exist, they're out there. It makes them even feel worse. They question what they're doing. So it's a long-winded way of saying, find your tribe, your community, good teachers. I think you need that sense of identification, that sense of community, who you hang out with during the day, because it tends to be, like you said, top and bottom of the day. you get a few hours at home watching rubbish, and TV's rubbish during the day, unless you've got Netflix. And then so you're not inspired.
0: Yeah, 100%. You you need to stay inspired in in any way, shape, or form. and. Like it's it, one of those things is, you know, continue to, to learn uh, and things like that. So if you're just teaching back to back to back, it's like it, that's a recipe for burnout. Um, you know, you either you either learn it the easy way or the hard way, and I learned it the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like anyone listening to try and listen, I uh, try and learn it the easy way if you haven't already learned it uh, the hard way. And, and one of those things is like, um, you know, just that sense of social support and people within the industry that are like that are like minded. And also, just like 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 surrounding yourself with people that you want to learn from, right? Because that's who you're going to become, or the people that you spend time with. Um. So so that's where I talk about just like, even just like the Instagram feed. I just started a habit of like unfollowing people. Like if I mm-hmm. if I saw your stuff and I wanted to like respond and be like, whatever, I will. Mm-hmm. I got into the habit of not responding, which is a thing to so just like done it like whatever, keep scrolling. But then I got to a point where it's like don't even like it feels so good to unfollow someone if I if like I see your stuff and I don't have a good feeling, right? It's like I don't like I don't agree or something. like whatever it is, I don't feel good mm. when I see this. It's like, oh, I'm just not gonna see you. <laughs> so then I'll feel better. And now I feel better. Right. So that's just like one way of like of um of of like trying to capture that that sense of of gratitude is like like you talk about distraction. Right. So things that are not providing a sense of gratitude or inspiring you are distracting you from that grateful state. And the and, and Pilates is such a beautiful um, form of movement and it can be a fucking awesome job. You yeah. just have to be, you got to work the hours that you want to work. Right. Yeah. You got to work at places that inspire you and you just got to take the leap. Right. You got to take the leap. You got to, you got to fast, you got fa- to like, Find your path of most inspiration. You know, you, you don't need anyone's approval. Like just keep going and, and keep and keep learning. Like you don't need someone's approval to go take a different workshop. Like, like I'll never forget, I, I, um, I was working for a stop, um studio and I was mentioning someone who worked for Balanced Body. Right, it's not about any of these things, it's just like, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, it's this great workshop. I was thinking about taking it and yada, yada, yada. It's like all this cool stuff and they were inspired. And then the moment I mentioned they were from Balanced Body, they were like, "Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't learn from them, right?" So, so in that sense, it's like you 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 put yourself in a box of like, "I can't." I can't be inspired by these other people. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. This is my way of giving back to the Pilates industry. This industry has given me so much in my lifetime and you can give back to the industry as well by giving this podcast a glowing five-star review which allows us to reach more Pilates instructors. When we reach more Pilates instructors, we can have more of an influence on the Pilates industry and encourage the industry to grow by using science-based tools. And this is actionable right now. You can pause this, just give a double tap on the five stars, and it can have an incredible impact. Uh, but with that, let's get back into the act.
1: Yeah, oh, no, there, there's so much you just said there, Adam, to unpack. I got the social media thing. So last time I spoke to you, when you came on my podcast, I was chatting to you about posting on social oh, yeah, media. They,
0: had, they were, they were, they were going, coming after me with pitchforks.
1: Yes, exactly. But what you taught yeah. me, and this was offline. You taught me last time because I was talking to you and I was going, but Adam, if I'm posting all the time, I'm on social media a lot and I was in this zone of social media and tech. And you just said, get over yourself. Like, Just just use it and get off it. And and I was like, oh, yeah, just post and don't go back on. What you just said about unfollowing people, right, it's so true. But then I was thinking, why is it that we, we don't? And then I was thinking, ah, this is about the meditation stuff and the mindset stuff. We have an inbuilt negativity bias as a species. It's, it served us from a survival standpoint when we, there were predators. And I heard a guy talk once, It was an interesting thing, he came on stage and he said, um, just to let you know that we are all descendants of very paranoid people. And the whole room was like that. And he laughed. He was like, your genomes come from people that didn't eat the mushroom that were a bit paranoid, weren't blase, and didn't get eaten by the lion. So we're drawn to this negativity. But that's so that's so true. Unfollow people that don't inspire you. That part of the politeness community, the whole, like, don't train with these. I'm so pleased that I've I've never really been involved in that because I've been I, I, I was a personal trainer, I taught step aerobics, I did all that stuff. So I just love all of it. We can learn from anyone. I so here's one for you. Yoga teachers, like why, does it, why do I have to judge someone because they're a yoga teacher? I've gone to yoga classes and I've learned about mood. I've been in a class and I've gone and there's a cue that's been used or she's done a tactile cue and I've gone, wow, that's incredible. You know, Alexander techniques, I learned from strength coaches. I mean, you know, if you're teaching Pilates, you need to understand about hypertrophy, strength training, muscle endurance, progressive overload, specific adaptation to imposed demands, all this stuff. And that's exactly it. I think if you're learning, learning from people like you, because you run some incredible CPD stuff, being exposed to different people. So I don't know how I found you on Instagram, but you shut up and I was like, oh, he's speaking my language. I like this. I like this. I'm not being boxed. So what you just said is so important. If you're a Pilates teacher out there, don't box yourself. Yes, you teach Pilates, but you're a movement teacher. You can become whatever you want. You can add tools to your box. You can... Off and train in something else just to be inspired, and this is one of the problems I see with teachers. They get busy, they work back to back, they stop doing Pilates, they stop moving themselves all the time. I hear teachers moaning, Oh, yeah, I can't remember the last time I went to a class, and I've really got time to train myself. It's like you need to train yourself because guess what? You're busy, you're stressed, you still need to metabolize that adrenaline and cortisol that's building up over the course of the day. So, yeah, absolutely. Some gems in there.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, there's, and it's it's just um, a good question to ask someone. It's like, well, um, how much do you want to learn? Right? Like, do you want to learn at all? Like, as much as you can? Do you want to just learn between these walls? Like, how much do you want to learn? Because any time you learn from someone who's a Pilates teacher, you're going to hear a concept. From a Pilates bias, right? Because the Pilates instructors probably not, and including myself. Like, don't like learn from me, but then also learn from people that are not like me, and then make mm-hmm. an informed decision, right? And so, so it's like you should always step outside of your modality. That's just like to me, like like it wasn't always that way, because I thought we had to always learn from Pilates. Like there was some kind of superiority, but then it's really like you're just like on level ground uh with people in 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 it's like i'm almost at a loss of words nowadays but like i just took a greg Lehman workshop and i just like it was great right and and he teaches a lot of stuff that we're teaching at at breed nothing was really novel Mm -hmm. but just the way he spoke about it in his mannerisms and even just the way he would conduct the room i learned to ask the group is that fair right like that was probably my biggest takeaway which is how he took how he how he conducted the room like you you can learn from so many people um and and the best thing i ever did was learn from uh, outside of pilates and then that helped me grow into a better, yeah. uh, pilates instructor and that has to do with just maintaining an open mind and just and, and i also learned from like really shitty education um from like that's not true but it's but it's like when it's it's it can also be nice to learn from people that you disagree with because then you learn how to disagree and you learn how to like um how do you say it like like uh respectfully ask questions like i do that a lot in physio school when they present like 1995 literature and i'm like hey it's 2023 um <laughs> like what's going on mm-hmm. uh, but, but one thing with like the the social which can be important like like something that you mentioned is like there's so many instructors that have so much value to share to the community and also like you can grow your business for free um you, like social media costs nothing it's free it's organic advertising which is a way of saying free um mm-hmm. I, you, people i only know you because of social media but people are afraid rightfully so right because people come after you with pitchforks um but um but i think something i told you last time was like if you post something i'm going to say it just so more people can hear it it's like let's say you posted something about meditation right and then i'm gonna use the same name I used last time too So then, like, Jessica in, like, Canada, right, she's on her phone at the bus stop in Ontario. you're You're in Dubai, Matt's in Dubai. Yeah. Right, Dubai, right? And she says, that's wrong. I don't like it. You suck. Right? And then you open your phone in Dubai, and you're like, Jessica in Canada thinks I suck. Right? So then we get into this, like this, you probably explained it better than me, but like, we don't like being rejected as humans. We don't like it. Right. So it's like, we're being rejected by a stranger, but like, do you give a shit what Jessica in Ontario thinks about you? Like, when we think about that, it's like, I'll never meet this person. I mean, sorry, Jessica in Ontario. I'm not talking about you. It's, you know, not, it's the other one. Um, but the point is like, we put so much like abstract meaning. We make up stories in our mind that like, we're afraid of something that doesn't really exist. And that was, that was, I've gone through cancel culture on social media. And that was the biggest lesson, right? Mm-hmm. That was really hard on mental health, but, uh, but that's one of the biggest lessons. is like, wow, like place, like, it's so important. Like, where do we place our value, right? Like, like my, like the value of our mental health. Like what's important to us? Like, what am I grateful about? And then what are the things that I can just, that are, that's just the extra noise that I place value on. And that's why mm-hmm. I just started blocking and unfollowing people because it was just better for my mental health.
1: There's um, it's so many things that. you said there. It's useful. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to what you said about training. You know, we were talking about learning from different people. I'll share my experience with this stuff. So I I was exposed to Moseley and Butler when I was working in an orthopaedic clinic years ago, Explained pain when it first came out. One of my pals of physio gave me the book. I read it. I was teaching about the biopsychosocial model. And then I literally, I was talking to Raf about this actually on my podcast. I dropped all the other stuff. I've I'd, I'd known all the biomechanics. I've learned the the psoas relationship with the lumbar spine. i I was done on the stuff. I dropped it and I, I, I went and camped over on this side and I spent some time in this camp and it was, it was incredible. But what I've realised recently is, and this is about balance of opinions, views, being open-minded, where we're polarised. We're polarised in politics, we're polarised in nutrition and it's been so refreshing to actually go back to what I was calling the dark side, to actually dip my toe back into the value of alignment biomechanics um so i think the more you learn the more dots you can you can connect the more useful you can be as an instructor because and you'll notice yourself you know when people talk about what works what doesn't work this works that works people forget placebo it's like and once you understand placebo you go wow i'm really not don't take yourself so seriously matt really um when you understand about that, less about learning something new, you learn the value of placebo, you're less fearful about alignment. You're also a little less, you take yourself a little less seriously when it comes to the whole biopsychosocial model. And then you, then it comes back to, do people enjoy my classes? Yeah, they do, why do they enjoy it? Because I'm, I'm happy and smiling and I'm engaging and and, it, and and it's almost like the more you learn <laughs> about this stuff, you go, actually, it's n- it's not even that important really. Just smile, ask people how they are, let them move have a good time happy days
0: yeah and that can be really helpful just for our own mental health of imposter syndrome of like there's like if you spend enough time on a topic and you go to each end right like you go to the psychosocial aspect of pain and then the biomedical aspect of pain you end up somewhere in the middle right and 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 with that like um like core stability is, is a really good example. Like don't ever cue the core or like do planks. And then it's like, only do that, right? That's the cure to cancer. And it's like, um, but then you end up, and then it's like, but you end up somewhere in the middle, right? Where it's like, well, maybe for this person I would, but then like, what's also really important is like a lot of times, like we're helping people for like 99 reasons that we are not even aware of. Right. Like just the fact that like you put your hand on someone's back and you said you're going to be all right, you know, like that could be super healing for someone or just the fact that like you weren't concerned that they flexed their spine in elephant and you say you're Mm -hmm. okay, you did pretty good. I really like to shape your spine like like it has nothing to do that you like stretch their extensors because they're in flexion but that you provided that social support and like all these other things. And, and a lot of it has to do with like us and our own mental health. Cause if we, if we, if you're burned out, if that shit shows, uh, yeah. <laughs> like you're all of a sudden doing pulling straps and you have them like facing the bar. It's like, Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know. Oops. I'm um, sorry. Didn't see you there. You know? So, so that's where it's like, we, we can keep our own cup full because there's the, like Pilates exercises is not your product as a Pilates instructor. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. But like if Pilates exercises was your product, then people would just do Pilates exercises at home. Right. But they don't. Like they come in for their own mental health as well. So like the social support, the high fives you give them, um, mm-hmm. the jokes that you provide and all these other things and those I have to do with the healing properties and then sometimes maybe like you would do something biomechanically, sure like that can absolutely help someone yeah. um and it's it's just it's really easy to win and, and I hope that provides like some relief for anyone listening like we don't need to know at all um like you taking care of yourself allows you to help someone in in all kinds of ways including psychosocially and and, and you, yeah it's just it's really easy it's really easy um to win there's many ways to win as
1: a flyer. okay again adam there's so much you just said there in one sentence so you spoke about tactile cueing so this is something that's come on my radar recently obviously i've been doing a lot of work around stress physiology of stress ways to manage it and then i, I came across a term called allo grooming i never knew this existed so the example are you, you just touch non-threatening non-sexual touch by anyone Stimulates particular hormones and chemicals in the body that are calming. So I was teaching a, a group of personal trainers a course at the weekend. That we would they would do it because it's on the it's on the uh, the aims and objectives PNF stretching. I'm like whatever, you know, you know. Okay, let's let's do a bit of this. But actually, I'm talking to the students about the value of just placing your hands on clients, the calming effect that has, which is amazing. And a little tip here for teachers. I spoke at the top about the whole teaching a class at eight o'clock in the evening coming back, wound up, blue light exposure, coffee, not not sleeping well, and that being a massive contributor to everything else. So, and it's the same for our clients. Our clients come to a, a, a an advanced reformer class at eight o'clock in the night, and they're up at six o'clock in the morning for work. They might not be sleeping well. Why? Because high-intensity exercise, not saying it will, but it can create more of a stressor. So again, the body doesn't know you're doing advanced reformer the body just thinks you're in danger why else would you be exerting all that energy and (laughs) absolutely destroying yourself so down regulation breathing can be a really and I learned this from the yoga world and obviously the meditation world some down regulation breathing at the end of each class at night it's not complicated in for in for two out for four in for three out for five five minutes of just down regulation breathing do it with your class so as the instructor. Do that with your class. Your clients will leave feeling better. They will sleep better. Their results will be better. And it's and it's why Shavasana is so popular in yoga. Oh, I love Shavasana. Don't they? They all say I get my little blanket out at the end and I lay there relaxed. I've just done an Ashtanga class. They, they like it because they're sending themselves into a parasympathetic state by just, you know, tapping the autonomic nervous system. And I think teachers can do that themselves it's a little hack they can use. And then when they get home, have a routine around bed, have a hot shower, because obviously a signal for for sleep is core temperature dropping. So down regulation breathing in your class, hot shower when you get in, a routine. Try and find that, particularly when you're working back end of both days.
0: Yeah, and I really like how you how you keep mentioning like the, the mental health um, benefits of the breathing, of the breathing practice. And, and I think that the, that the reason why I highlight that is is this is another polarity right of like um of like should i cue breath or should i not cue breath and a lot of times that is thought of you need to exhale when you're flexing or you know what i mean like it, it's it's musculoskeletal and, and it makes sense to inhale when you extend because you inflate the yeah. thoracic cavity it's going to help you with extension cool but like you're gonna you're not going to know the difference if you exhale and extend like three hours later you're the same (laughs) like it's it's it it lacks what's called clinical significance so but but that's where it's like you know where do we go left or right but you can end up in the middle where it's like well if i am cueing breathing why am i doing it right oh my reason is for this mental health but for the nervous system to go ahead and calm it down and i'm doing it for this particular class because they're not like go it's not noon right like it's 8 p.m and we just did planks to like some fucking 90s rap music <laughs> you know what i mean it's like that's that's why and that's yeah. where it's like, like like it there's so many decisions that are correct it's just like just knowing like having some information and being like well this is why i'm making this decision you know, can can be uh, can be one hundred percent correct. But if you're like, no, we have to breathe like this, or else we're gonna like fall off the reformer, or you're not gonna you're gonna lose all the benefits of Pilates. I love it. It's like the it's kind of like like fascia claims. Sorry if anyone's like a fashion person, but like it's always like super vague, right? You're gonna lose all the benefits. I'm like, well, what benefits? All of them. <laughs> it's like I'm just gonna inhale when I feel like it. But at the end of class, sorry if I went on a tangent, but it's... No, I, I love it. And
1: actually, when you spoke about breath patterns and, you know, and I know you're, you're the work you do around cueing is phenomenal. And I was, I was exposed to that. And I, that was something that I'd learned. And I found that you can actually, an internal and external cue, and I've been playing around with it now since I was exposed to your work, actually using it, an internal and external cue, for the mental health benefits. So because go. we lack of... Focus and attention. I see my clients. They come in. They're doing the exercises, and I tell. I say, "Are you off at the races?" And they laugh because I oh, know they're not. They're on the box. They know the movement. They're on the reformer. They're lost yeah. in thought. So I'll all of a sudden just an internal cue, which might they might get more pump in their chest because hypertrophy and internal cues are, are connected. But also it brings them in. So sometimes taking your clients in gives them that focus, some of the on steadies their mind, and then obviously you can take them out afterwards. So I love it. You and I. Know, I'll just, I'll change breath patterns. I'll change this. St- even if I'm teaching a mat class, four point kneeling, stagger your knee and hand position. People go, oh, that's not prop. What? that's not, it's ju- you can load in that position, can you? Yeah, and then let people just move. That gets them back into their body because it's a novel stimulus, it's a novel pattern.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like I like how you just you, you switched up because if you keep things just the same, right? You, you just go into automaticity. Um, which isn't, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what you're trying to do. Right. So like, um, you know, for, for, a good example is like, if you have a client who's going through like some mental health stuff, right. They're having a lot of anxiety, um, things like that, that could just be one-on-one that could be a yeah. uh, class kind of thing. Um, that would be a read, that would be where I, and I, and I personally don't cue breath a lot, um, cause I'm more on the performance side of things. It's just my interest. But if I identify mm-hmm. like what my client needs, I'm like, wow, they went through a divorce, like shit. Like first we're going to do breathing and then we're going to do some fucking jump board and like get the anger out. And then we're going to do breathing again, right? But it's like, you just, that's what I'm talking about with like clinical decision making of like, I'm doing this and the the result of doing this is X. And that's the big thing of like, we're not just doing it for like this blanket reason, but like mm-hmm. you're doing it. Like, You'd be cueing breath to be like, and bringing you back in your body, and that's valuable for you right now, for X, Y, Z reason. And I think that's a, that's a big turning point. That's 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 helpful just for instructors in general, but especially for their 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 um, mental health in terms of like imposter syndrome and really just feeling like valuable. And, and and i really want to like speak to that because sometimes especially on this podcast like we'll talk about debatable things and like it'll feel like something's being taken away from you right mm-hmm. like uh like if you hear contrasting information like everything like in this conversation and others is just meant to be additive right and like you have a ton of value um as a pilates instructor um in and, and, and that like like that, that is like one more thing i just want to talk about is like the need for to feel value like like for that instructor, that's like, I just don't feel valued. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, you know, I don't like where I work. I'm not inspired to go to work. I don't feel valued. I'm actually going to quit becoming a Pilates. Mm-hmm. Instructor.
1: Yeah, would 100%. You? And, and it, it, it kind of ties into everything we said. You know, you would giving your clients a why. You know, give them an exercise. There's a why behind it. And that's the value of learning stuff outside of, the Pilates work because you bring stuff in and it keeps you inspired. It keeps it's a novel thing that you're teaching to your clients. And then the more you learn about stuff, the more you connect dots, the more value you provide for your clients. And then when you do get that client it goes, uh, excuse me, Adam, um, I go to uh, Natalie's class on Tuesday and uh, we don't do that. We're supposed to do that. Now, if you're doing stuff and there's no substance behind it. You can't give the why. That's where the whole imposter syndrome comes from. But when you can and politely have to learn to be polite, just explain what Natalie said is valid. Absolutely. Here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That adds to your sense of authority. And like you say, mojo. Um, learning yeah. new learning new choreography is sometimes enough to get you inspired because I've noticed this. I stopped teaching polities. I've gone back and I'm inspired at them. I'm back. I'm only covering just at a studio. I've got a couple of gigs and I'm, I'm on I'm on the Instagram. I'm on I'm on the reformer. I'm practicing and I there feel like a new man. I'm in the studio. So I think that happens with teachers as well. Get lost in the job. They don't carve out any time in the week to explore stuff. Being that kind of like teaching an exercise in a class again that you've not really you've done it yourself. You're not entirely sure how it's going to work on that reformer. Stuff like that, i found keeps me inspired. Keeps me lively is the word i
0: what if But what if um, Catherine on Instagram says, that's not Pilates.
1: Then I unblock her. No, don't block her. That's naughty. I unfollow her, Adam. Yes. That's all. I unfollower. I take a breath and I go, thank you, Adam McAtee. Namaste.
0: 100%. Like you don't need anyone's permission to go do what you want to do. Um, so yeah, and, and also like, like with your, with your example of the, like the, the let's just say that I think you used Natalie as a, a random instructor, um, like, like, so a client comes in and is like, well, in Natalie's class, we do this, right? And you mentioned that, that when we know our stuff, we can have the confidence to be like, oh, that's great, but we're doing it this way today and this is why. And then also like when you have, like, when you feel valued and you have confidence, like Natalie's way of doing something or the client's not a threat to you. So another way to handle that is like, oh, you're welcome to do it the way Natalie teaches you do it. I think it's awesome. Like, go for it. Meaning and I hope that's helpful to hear as Mm -hmm. as a listener for anyone like like, like Matt may handle it one way and then like I suggest another way and then you may have another way. There's so many ways to win. Right. But at the end of the day, like just getting people moving um, is 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 m- most of the value how we speak to them is incredibly valuable and that all starts with how how we're treating ourselves in between those classes whether it be taking classes like matt's mentioning taking some time for your mental health like to go to to meditate or or if you're like me and you're like i want to move then go do a walking meditation mm-hmm. but something that that feels inspiring uh to you to take care of yourself uh because you know, you got to enjoy the journey. Um, but, and I, but and that... I would
1: just like to add, Adam, actually, just a quick one. The, the use of language. So I've, I've been around a while, with the use of language, and that's a skill. And I would say it wasn't really on my radar until I come across you. So I want to thank you for that because I now you, – you did. You introduced me to the fact words are powerful. They have a direct effect on the nervous system. Um, the ability to be humble, <laughs> to take your ego out of it, which I think you do so well as well. So I just want to say thank you for that and say to listeners, yeah, that's a new skill in itself. That's not Pilates, that's communication. And that's yeah. exciting. And that's that that is enough to keep the mojo and prevent burnout with all the other stuff we mentioned.
0: Yeah, for a lot of Pilates instructors, like learning more like you learning more Pilates is very helpful. Um, in in terms of like progressing, a lot of it has to do with learning things that are not Pilates. So studying communication, studying uh, how, to build a website, how to build a website, studying finances and things like that. You'll be a lot happier if you make like 50 more thousand next year. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot like you might be miserable, but the chances <laughs> are high, right? And I, like, I'm going to find out for myself, <laughs> right?
1: I spoke to someone recently, and they said that you know, hear this term: that money is the root of all evil. It's not. The actual full quote is: the love of money is the root of all evil.
0: Yeah. Well, money buffers stress.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you've money got you've got to climb do. the peak, Adam, to to understand if you like it up there.
0: I think is. The yeah, point. I mean, money is just opportunity. Like, it opens up opportunities, and it's about what you do uh with those with those opportunities um and that could be a whole other can't can, can of worm. uh but but with that yeah so raise your prices is like what that whole episode would be R- raise your prices but not because you raise your prices raise your prices and then triple the value in the process and you yeah. triple the value by upping your own game um but but with this i am conscious of time i'd love uh to give you like an opportunity like if there's like one like takeaway or a last message that you'd like to by the listeners um, what would that be
1: i'm just going to get one sentence really because there's multiple things we to, uh, spoke about it's like just take care of yourself take care of yourself in whatever way that means take time off invest yeah. in training but just take care of yourself because when it comes to being a freelance pilates instructor for a lot unless you build a business and not you just said it's a different game you are the business, you are the product. If you're not looking after the business, which is you and the product, your mental faculties, your energy, your service is gonna suffer. If your service suffers, you're not being what you want to be, which is out there serving people.
0: Yeah, cancel on your clients and play hooky if you want to, right? I mean, don't do it too often, but if you, it, but if you need to go ahead and take care of yourself, like say no to like, for me, it's like say, like it's a hell no, for, I would, it's a professional no for like any 6 a.m. session, right? You're meaning that that's a way to take care of yourself. So like um, like having those absolute no's and sticking to them is really, really powerful because there's, there's a lot of times like the things that create burnout are modifiable factors. 100%. Um, no one's making you show up. You choose to. Um, but with that, um how can uh any listeners uh stay in touch with you um and your work, Matt?
1: Yep, uh so they can uh all the socials you told me I'm getting better at that, Adam, by the way. Thank you. I am posting, doing oh, the reels on the um, So Instagram, uh wellness if you put Matt Marnie in, you'll see my big head pop up. So I've got quite a large cranium. Matt Marnie, it's wellness underscore education underscore Dubai. The website is wellness education Dubai. Uh, in terms of what I'm delivering, uh, I'm doing an online version of my introduction to meditation course. So it's stress management. It's two 90 minute sessions on Zoom. It's on the 1st and the 8th of July, 10 to 11.30 UK time. So factor that in wherever you are. You'll get recordings. You get loads of resources and videos. Now, if you really want to invest in your wellness, if you want a deep dive, Adam, and you want you can get to Portugal in September, I'm running a five-day wellness retreat with a good friend of mine who's yoga and nutrition. It's in a beautiful location uh, in Erechera, which is near Qashqai, 30 minutes from Lisbon. Stunning venue, rest and digest. You're going to do Pilates, yoga, meditation daily. There's a overlook overlooks a beach. But if you want to learn some stuff, I'm basically throwing everything at you. You're getting the stress management workshop I run here. You're getting... Uh, back pain, you're getting exercise, educate, you're getting a lot. You don't have to do it. You can just go and chill out in Portugal. Go and have a coffee in the local town. But if you really are interested, that's on my website, Wellness education Dubai. Spaces are limited. It'd be great to see people there.
0: And you get a vacation in Portugal. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So, I know. Uh, for anyone who's, like, uh, listening and, like, I don't know, walking in the woods right now and you don't have a pen, don't worry about it, um, everything that Matt just mentioned is in the show notes and you can go ahead and you can just click on it. Uh, so one click and uh, and you can sign up for all, all of the things he has to offer. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to hang out with you, Matt. Uh, this will be uh, the first of many times because always, it's always great to catch up with you. And uh, thank you to all the listeners. Um, I'll catch you next week. See ya. Thank you,
1: Adam. It's been a pleasure.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode, and in return, I would love it if you could leave a positive review so that I know that you're listening and benefiting from this podcast. I do this 100% for free from my spare time, and I just want to help the Pilates industry learn and grow, and when reviews grow on a podcast, they become more visible and therefore more helpful to the community. Um, As always, you're welcome to to reach out to me personally as well for any of your thoughts, as well as requests for future episodes. And of course, if you'd like to learn more, you are welcome to go to the evidence-based Pilates platform with the link in my bio and browse any of the courses that we have to offer. Uh, have an incredible day.